Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Game day on Gamecock Central Radio. Welcome in, everybody. Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell getting ready for South Carolina and Tennessee. 7.30 kickoff on the SEC Network. And, Wes, Gamecock's coming off a of bye week, you know, starting to heal up a little bit. The great news for South Carolina this week is that D.J. Wanham, top sack man and top tackle for loss man from a year ago, returning from injury. He has not played since the third quarter of the Coastal Carolina game. And, A.J. Turner returns at running back, you know, key special teams player as well. Two guys that the Gamecocks really need, and this should help South Carolina tonight against Tennessee, West. Yeah, it absolutely should. And I think you probably had a number of other guys uh, on the roster that have probably been playing banged up as well, as you almost always do. So having the week off, having a chance to sort of reset mentally and reset physically is always good. It's always big during the bye week. And uh, certainly uh, no bigger returning player than D.J. Wanham, who's, you know, I, I think you probably, before the season, if you were to list maybe five guys that you'd say, ah, South Carolina can't afford to lose this guy, uh, DJ Wanham is probably on that list for about everybody. So uh, they, they couldn't afford to lose him. They did. Um, you know, when, when that injury first happened, nobody really knew that it was going to be this long. But, you know, I've, I've actually experienced that exact same injury, and that thing is very, very tough to, to come back from because you just have no ability to – to plant on that foot and to change direction. And for, for a guy who that's a big part of his game, even though he's a big man, uh, that's a huge part of what he does on the defensive line for South Carolina. And they've uh, certainly missed him and uh, could, couldn't happen any sooner, you know, for them. I, I think that this is a pivotal game for both of these programs. It, it may not be a top 25 national type, you know, matchup, but as far as South Carolina goes, as far as Tennessee goes, this is a massive football game. Wes, how effective do we believe Wanham will be? Uh, you know, is he 100%? Is he ready to go? Muschamp was asked that same question during his midweek press conference this week, and he said he feels good, but he didn't really give a definitive answer. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think that's something where um, we'll, we'll have to see just how, how he looks like he's moving around out there. Um, you know, in my experience, those things right there, you're not really ever – quite 100% until you just take a long, long time off. But uh, certainly if they've cleared him, which they they obviously have, um, he's close enough to 100% to where he's going to be fine and, and able to go. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a situation where um, he, he brings so much to that defense. It's not just, you know, you mentioned the, the pass rush and the tackles for loss, and, and he's a big part of those things. But uh, just the, the experience. Uh, you know the ability to set the edge in the running game, uh, the the mentality that he brings, and the football knowledge that he brings to the field for a team that at times has struggled with miscommunication on defense. So I, I think uh, having DJ Wanham back uh, just provides so many different uh, qualities to your defense that they were missing. 
A.J. Turner returns from injury as well, Wes, and, you know, he's a player that I think Gamecock fans in particular have come to appreciate more and more as the years have gone by, not just as a running back, but as a special teams player and just a great effort guy, good hustle player. The Gamecock running game can always use a little bit of help, and maybe Turner brings a little bit extra punch tonight. Well, I think the thing about A.J. Turner is he's almost always sort of been that that third running back, but then every single time he's been called upon, he has responded and played very well. And, and in many cases, he's been able to spark the offense. I, I think, you know, I, I always look at games year over year. You know, what, what happened when South Carolina played Tennessee last year in Knoxville? And that was a game where they really struggled offensively in the first half. That was a game where uh, South Carolina lost Rico Daddle to an injury. You know, Daddle looked okay in the first half of that game. Then he got injured, and and it was the running game provided by A.J. Turner that I would argue was the difference in that football game last year. So, um, Turner, when he's been called upon, when he's been needed, has always come through. And I I think uh, probably one of your more underrated guys on this team because he's never really talked about when we talk about the top players on this team. But he has a way of – of energizing that unit. Uh, he has a way of pushing the other running backs as well in practice. And your foot to me, your football team is always better with an AJ Turner on it. Even if he's not your first or second running back, having that chance to get him on the field when he's fresh, maybe the defense is worn down as well. Um, he almost always seems to find a way to, to spark your team. So uh, I think it, and it actually looked to me like they wanted to get him the football a little bit against Texas A&M. Uh, before he went down with uh, with that concussion. Yeah, Turner just seems to impact the game in a positive way for the Gamecocks, so he will be a welcome returnee tonight along with D.J. Wanham. South Carolina 3-3 three and three overall, 2-3 and three in the Southeastern Conference, Tennessee 3-4 and four and 1-3 and three in the league. The Gamecocks coming off this 26-23 loss to Texas A&M two weeks ago. Carolina had to buy last Saturday, so the Gamecocks are getting healthier. Jake Bentley, one of the players, is probably – you know, in better health right now, West, and he's been in some time. He talked about, you know, not just Wanham and Turner getting healthier, but some other players that have been nicked up. Bentley's one of those, certainly. So the off week has helped the Gamecocks rest up and heal, and Carolina ready for an important home game tonight. First ninth game at home this season for the Gamecocks. South Carolina opened as a seven-and-a-half point favorite. That line has moved to eight-and-a-half now. For Tennessee, West, they got trucked by Alabama last weekend, their 12th consecutive loss to Alabama. But everybody's getting trucked by Alabama, so no real surprise there. And two weeks ago, I think the much bigger story, when Tennessee went to Auburn and beat the Auburn Tigers at Jordan-Hare, that seemed to have rejuvenated the Tennessee football program, West, and given them you know a good feeling around their program that they haven't had in quite some time. Yeah, it did, and I think you're always looking for a uh... – a marquee early win if you're a new coaching staff at a particular place. And, um, you know, that was a game that very few people gave Tennessee much of a chance of winning going into, and they were able to, to beat Auburn. And, you know, this is a this is an Auburn team that's really struggled this year, I, I think, have, has not lived up to their billing. But still, um, nice win for Jeremy Pruitt and those guys. Gives them something to sort of uh, to build off of, especially when you consider – that losing streak that they had going against SEC teams that really uh, was, was just unheard of for a Tennessee, for a proud Tennessee program over the years. Um, now, certainly, I think last week with Alabama, something that, that I think always plays into your favor if you're, you know, an opponent is that 
anytime you're playing the team the week after they play Alabama, um, it seems like you're gonna you're gonna run into a pretty banged up football team and sometimes a, a dejected football team. So I, I think that not necessarily that Tennessee is a dejected football team, but they certainly are a little bit of a banged up football team after having to basically play uh, the closest thing to an NFL football team that college football has to offer. <laughs> No doubt about that. 58-21, Bama whipped Tennessee last weekend. So 12 straight wins for Bama over Tennessee. And the Vols come to Williams-Brice tonight for a 7.30 kickoff on the SEC Network. Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell here on the Gamecock Central Game Day podcast. We will be joined later in today's podcast by Brent Hubbs who is with VolQuest.com. That's our Rivals Network partner covering the Tennessee Volunteers. Brent will give us the Tennessee perspective on today's show. And it'll also give us volunteers keys to victory. And we'll have Gamecock keys from our staff writer, Colin Taylor. Let's get a look at the rest of the SEC schedule today. Noon kickoff on the SEC Network for Vandy at Arkansas. we got the CBS game this weekend. The world's largest outdoor cocktail party. 3.30 kickoff for Georgia and Florida in Jacksonville. Georgia opened a seven-point favorite. The line's down to about six and a half right now. And, Wes, this game obviously will have huge implications on the SEC East. Yes, it will. And I think um, a game that really hasn't uh, – maybe mattered as much uh, mm. the last couple of seasons, and mm-hmm. now all of a sudden uh, it, it's a huge game again. And I, I think, uh, frankly, the SEC East is better when this game matters a lot. And, um, you know, I, I think the job that, that that Dan Mullen has done there at Florida has been impressive. Um, Georgia all of a sudden, you know, frankly looks a, a little more beatable than they did at one time after what uh, LSU was able to do to those guys. They don't really look uh, – like uh, a perfect football team. So uh, that that's an intriguing matchup, man. I, I'm actually very curious to, to try to check a little bit of that one out as well. Four o'clock kick today for Kentucky at Missouri. Texas A&M, Mississippi State, seven o'clock kickoff on ESPN. That'll be a good ball game tonight as well. Wes, talk about Kentucky-Missouri for a moment. You know, I was surprised that Kentucky's a seven-point dog in that game. Yeah, that, that is interesting. You know, I think um, – Basically, you have a, a Kentucky team that I think really still is the team we thought they were. You know, I think they're a good football team. They're a good um, defense, certainly. But now they've got some some trouble at quarterback. And I think that we saw early on if a team could really force Kentucky to go beat them in the passing game that, uh, you know, that they were going to struggle to win. And, and certainly South Carolina, if you look at that matchup and how the game played out, the Gamecocks weren't able to do that, but I think you look at Missouri, maybe their ability to uh, throw the football around combined now that they've got a decent rushing attack as well. Uh, I think maybe the the matchup there is that, okay, Missouri's a team that's going to score on pretty much anybody. Can Kentucky sort of keep the pace against the team that can actually go score? Um, I, I was a bit surprised about that as well, but um, to me that that would be the logic there. Um, potentially to why they are favored like that because, um, you know, Kentucky's a team we were just very recently talking about as being a uh, potential contender in the East. Yeah, and Kentucky's still very much alive in the East. That's a huge game for the Wildcats. And, you know, Kentucky's playing good defense this year, and we know they can run the football very well with Benny Snell, and Missouri is not uh, very good at stopping the run. So that just kind of surprised me a little bit to see Missouri favored by seven. So, that's your look at the SEC schedule today, Wes. Let's talk about some matchups in this Gamecock 
matchup with the Volunteers tonight. And we'll start with the Gamecock offense. You know, a lot of talk about quarterback for South Carolina West, and I think you know we've established at this point that Jake Bentley's the man for the Gamecocks, even though Michael Skarnecki had played very well in his one start against Missouri a few weeks back. But uh, Bentley's the man, and the Gamecocks are going to need him to play well tonight against Tennessee. The last six meetings in the South Carolina-Tennessee series have been decided by six points or less. Wes, this game is always close, and you know one play here or there could determine the outcome tonight. Yeah, I think that's a good point, and. Uh... You know, this, this Carolina offense, I, I think, uh, needs to start fast. Uh, that, that's something that, you know, we've seen this year. Carolina, when, when they've started fast, uh, that, that's typically been a pretty good indication of how the game was going to go. And um, when South Carolina's offense has started slow and, and turned the football over early on, that's also been a pretty good indication of, of how the football game was going to go. So, you know, I think you look at, at all three of their losses, and they kind of have something in, you know similar there. And you're talking about a Tennessee team that has struggled the last couple of years. I think this is a game that South Carolina, uh, matchup-wise, should win. But um, at the same time, uh, like you said, that these games have all been close. The fact that the game is in Columbia, I think, is huge for South Carolina. We talked last year a ton about how um, you never know what's going to happen when South Carolina goes to Knoxville. Almost impossible for Carolina to blow out Tennessee in that stadium. And sure enough, one of the worst Tennessee teams we've seen um, really in a while almost beat South Carolina. And it took a goal line stand uh, for the Gamecocks to hold on and, and win that game. So um, certainly this game has been close uh, in recent memory. And, uh, you know, if you're South Carolina, man, you, you don't want to give Tennessee the ammo of being able to say that they've not, they've beaten you in year one of that coaching staff. You know, you, you want to sort of keep that edge. You're already having to deal with Georgia. You're already having to deal with Florida uh, possibly being on the rise. Uh, certainly Kentucky, everybody listening knows what Kentucky's done against the Gamecocks recently. So if you're South Carolina, you have to find a way to win this game because of what it would mean to potentially lose to Tennessee in, in year one. So, uh, But to me, like I said, that it goes back to starting fast as the South Carolina – fan base that you know it's homecoming weekend they'll be looking for a reason to cheer um they'll be looking for uh for any reason to cheer but i think they'll also be looking for sort of that whole uh here we go again <laughs> mindset as, as well if something goes bad in the beginning all right it's the 37th meeting all time between the gamecocks and vols a series that dates all the way back to 1903 and Tennessee leads 25-9-2 and two all time, but it's only 9-6-2 and two in favor of Tennessee in Columbia. But the Gamecocks have won six of the last ten, Wes, and I think it's interesting to point out as well that the Gamecocks have only played six overtime games in the history of the program. Three of them have been against Tennessee. Tennessee won all three games by three points. But, uh, you know, a crazy how close this series has been, particularly in the last you know few years. And uh, the Gamecocks playing at home at night for the first time this year. The crowd should be pretty well lathered up for a 7.30 kickoff. That's always fun, Wes. And I know fans are happy to be playing at night for the first time this year. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's always sort of special when you get that chance to, to go under the lights, both for the players and for the fan base. You know, you get to go out there. The, the tailgating is not um, abbreviated like it has been at other times. And, um, you know, to me, those are some of your best atmospheres. And, and, and I'll tell you, honestly, the the Tennessee-South Carolina rivalry, to me, has always uh, 
just sort of been a fun game. It's always sort of been a special game. Yep. It almost always falls on Halloween weekend, um, and the, the color schemes are perfect for that as well. Uh, you know, South Carolina will be in their all-black um, against Tennessee's orange. Um, this, this series just fits on Halloween weekend, I think. And you actually, to me, are also starting to get your first real taste of, of fall. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully there'll be good weather for the game. Um, you know, but I, I think that you get that sort of true football feeling as well. And um, just uh, always, uh, always something special to me about this football game. Will Muschamp, 6-0 and all time as a head coach against Tennessee. He was 4-0 and against the Vols with Florida, and he's 2-0 and against Tennessee with the Gamecocks. Carolina won 15-9 last year in Knoxville. Gamecock defense had seven sacks in that ball game and had to come up with a goal line stand at the very end to hang on to win that ball game. Wes, what is it about Muschamp against Tennessee? The Muschamp defenses in his six meetings against the Vols have held Tennessee to under 300 total yards of offense in five of the six meetings. And, and I wanted to talk more about the Gamecock defense with you here, Wes, as we look to matchups against the Tennessee offense. Carolina's last two opponents have kicked nine field goals. So talk about Muschamp, wow. what he's doing defensively, and why it's been successful against Tennessee in particular. Yeah, you know, and I think um, certainly it's a new coaching staff at Tennessee and you know he was able to do a lot of those things against Butch Jones which uh, I think sometimes sometimes one coach has another coach's number and that certainly seemed to be the case between Muschamp and Butch Jones and um, I think you look at the the key pillars that South Carolina builds its defensive philosophy around and great red zone defense uh, that has always been one of them and I, I think that that's something that they practice more than most teams they believe in uh, situational practice, putting your players in a position to practice over and over and over situations you're going to see in a game. And uh, playing defense at the at the 50-yard line is very, very different than it is playing defense at the 10-yard line because of the spacing and the angles involved. So um, just having good situational awareness down there is something South Carolina has done a good job of. And frankly, you know, that's kept them in football games. Yep. Uh, they're they were able to win the Missouri game because of that. They were able to stay in the Texas A&M game because of that. So, uh, you know, forcing field goals um, has been big for them this year, even with the 3-3 three and three start. And um, that's going to be key for them, I think, down the stretch as well. Can they keep up that pace? I don't know. But if you're South Carolina, you're also hoping that um, maybe even if that pace doesn't continue, that the turnover – part of the equation, which was such a big part of what they were able to do for two straight seasons under Muschamp, and hasn't really been what they want it to be so far this year, you know, I, I think they're very, very hopeful that, you know, that'll be a bitter, bigger part of the equation down the stretch. Um, and, and then certainly tonight, man, I think uh, you look at this Tennessee offense against South Carolina's defense, this isn't a Tennessee offense that does anything uh, really too exceptional. Honestly, you look at the stats, uh, you know, they're last in the SEC in rushing offense. Um, you know, and, and this South Carolina defense, I think, showed progress against Texas A&M. I think this defense also uh, plays much better against the run against offenses that are more methodical, like a Tennessee or a Texas A&M, than they do against these sort of fast-paced teams like a Missouri, uh, for instance. So Tennessee also not really an offense that does anything really particularly weird scheme-wise or out of the ordinary. They're going to line up. They're going to be under center. They're going to do some shifts. They're going to audible a bit against you. But 
it's nothing really new aged or anything like that. So to me, all those things really matchup wise favor South Carolina. Tennessee also is without its starting left tackle for an offensive line that has struggled anyway. So if, if Tennessee's getting chunks of yardage in the running game against South Carolina, that, that's a very bad sign for this game because I really think it's an opportunity for, for Carolina to sort of shut them down. Wes, the, you know, maybe the number one strength of this Gamecock football team here in 2018 has been third down defense. Last year, South Carolina opponents converted almost 40% of third down. So, you know, the Gamecocks really struggled to get off the field last year. But this year, it's been a remarkable improvement. Texas A&M, 3 of 13 on third down conversions two weeks ago at williams Bryce, And for the season, Gamecock opponents have converted only just under 25% of third downs. And, again, that's the fourth best mark in the country. So what have Will Muschamp and Tavares Robinson and the staff and the players done to improve that third down defense? That's a remarkable improvement, Wes. Yeah, it really is. And I, I think it goes back to um, – Similarly to what we, similarly to what we said about the the red zone stuff, is just situational defense. Having having an understanding of where the sticks are, um, you know, maybe playing a technique just a little bit different based on knowing where the marker is and knowing uh, where you have to get that defender stopped or that offense player stopped. I mean, so um, I, I think that's that's a sign of, of good coaching. That's a sign of players buying into what their coach is doing. Also, a lot of times. Um, you know, the, the best way to be good on third down is to be good on, on first and second down. So uh, I think when South Carolina has been able to to get into those third and long situations, they've actually done a pretty good job of getting off the field and, and rushing the passer. And, you know, this isn't a team that the stats probably back that up as far as sacks go or anything like that. But to, to me, when they've gotten to third and long, even if it hasn't been a sack, there's been pressure on the quarterback. He's been affected. He's had to either throw the ball away or he's had to scramble. He's had to try to make something happen. And I, I think uh, a lot of that is good preparation. When when you get into those third and long situations, you want to have a handful of uh, play calls, of uh, pressure packages that are designed specifically for that situation and specifically for the blocking scheme of your opponent. And I think this defensive staff does as good a job as any that I've seen, because I think every time you watch it, if you're listening, you pay attention to the third and long situation when South Carolina's on the field defensively, there's almost always somebody coming free on a rush. And, and to me, that's a sign of, uh, of good scouting from this coaching staff. All right, we're still going to hear from Brent Hubbs from VolQuest.com. We'll get a look at the Tennessee perspective and keys to victory still to come today here on Gamecock Central Radio. So let's go ahead and throw it over to Brent Hubbs and talk about this matchup with South Carolina and Tennessee from the Tennessee perspective. Brent Hobbs with VolQuest.com joining us here on the Gamecock Central Game Day podcast. Brent, Tennessee took it on the chin against Alabama like every Alabama opponent this year has. So I don't think anybody was particularly surprised by that. But two weeks ago, the bigger story, in my opinion, when Tennessee won at Auburn. And I think that uh, you know kind of turned – prospects around for Tennessee at least that's been the perception here in South Carolina you know it was a feel-good win for Tennessee the likes of which they haven't had in quite some time yeah no question it was a big win big confidence builder for the team now obviously you're coming off a loss to Alabama but to go on the road at Auburn uh, to win a game like that to have Jerry Garantano have a career day put up numbers he's not put up before 
to get some key defensive stops, create some turnovers. Certainly a, a, a foundation or some bricks in the foundation, with, if you will, for the building blocks of Jeremy Pruitt's program. So, Brent, Tennessee's played a very difficult schedule. You know, losses to West Virginia, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, and that one key road win at Auburn. So talk about the season to this point. Where is Tennessee compared with maybe where they had expected to be at this time? Well, I mean, I think basically you, you were hoping, if you're a Tennessee fan, that you could win one of those games in that four-game gauntlet. Could you, could you win at home against Florida? That certainly looked much more realistic after Kentucky won – uh, in Gainesville, but Tennessee played very poorly in that game. Uh, after that game, it certainly looked like Tennessee was going to be a, a two and six football team. Um, and then people started wondering if the best they could do was, was three and nine on the season. But uh, you get the Auburn win and it brings back in uh, discussions of postseason play. Uh, can you continue to improve and, and find those six wins? Uh, I said in the preseason with this team, Judgment was not going to be in the records that this team produced because of the schedule they had. It was going to be how much did they improve and how much do they improve throughout the season. And the question right now is, was the Auburn game a blip on the radar? Was that tangible improvement that this team's made? It's an Auburn team. It's hard to get a feel for right now. So we'll see. And that's why I think Saturday night here in Columbia is such a big game for both teams. 7.30 kick on the SEC Network. Gamecocks and Vols, last six in the series, decided by six points or less. Brent, how banged up is Tennessee after the Alabama game? Pretty banged up, and and that's a concern moving in. Of course, the big news this week is that Tennessee starting left tackle Trey Smith, an all-conference performer as a freshman a year ago, is out indefinitely with blood clots, something he's been battling uh, since uh, late February, 1st of March. Thought they had them all cleared up, and uh, he was good to go. He's played in every game this season, but we'll miss this game. That's a big blow for Tennessee. The question right now is, what's the offensive line shuffle going to look like? Well, how many different combinations do they end up having to play on Saturday? Mike Abernathy at safety has not played um, in two weeks, did not play in the win at Auburn, did not play in the loss to Alabama. He has been out all week long. Looks like he's not going to be able to go this week as well. And Tennessee's missing a couple guys that they've lost for the season. Jonathan Congbo tore his ACL in the Auburn game. Brandon Kennedy, the starting center, tore his ACL in the West Virginia game. A freshman defensive back who would factor in for Tennessee, Trayvon Flowers, is uh, nursing a broken collarbone. He suffered during the open date on the practice field. He's probably two and a half, three weeks away from being ready to play. Brent, uh, Jared Garantano, the Vols quarterback, has put up pretty good numbers this year, completing – 60% of his passes, and Will Muschamp in his midweek press conference this week said that when you turn on the film on Garantano, you notice accuracy with the deep ball. He's a good downfield, you know, quarterback in the vertical passing game, and that makes him a real threat. Well, he's got to get rid of the ball on time, uh, and Tennessee's got to keep him upright. He's been knocked out of two games this this season uh, after getting hit really hard in the Florida game. He was banged up and knocked out of that game, and then he did not make it uh, through the first half of the Alabama game. He's very sore this week, and uh, we'll see how he can go on Saturday. Uh, the biggest thing he's done with the deep ball from an accuracy standpoint is he's just kept it in the field to play and let his receivers go up and make plays uh, with back shoulder throws. Um, and, and that's something that Tennessee exploited at Auburn when Auburn was playing a lot of man-to-man defense, uh, particularly in third-down situations. Uh, we'll see how Will Muschamp counters that this week and, and what he elects to do in terms of how he wants to, to challenge Tennessee defensively. Tennessee's had a hard time running the football. 
Uh, so we'll see what kind of balance Tennessee can get. Garantano's definitely better than he was a year ago. He's improved. He's got more confidence in his game. Again, he's taken too many hits, and that's something this offensive line has to find an answer to uh, against the Gamecocks at William Bryce Stadium. Will Muschamp, 6-0 all-time as a head coach against Tennessee. Brent, and in five of those matchups, he's held the Volunteers to less than 300 yards of total offense. So what is it that Muschamp and his staffs have done against Tennessee that have been so successful? Well, I think they've done a good job getting pressure on the quarterback uh, in, in third downs. Uh, in years past, they've been you know good against the run. They're, they're not as good against the run as they've been in years past right now. Uh, but they're doing a great job getting off the field on third downs. And, and I think that's what he's done the best um, against Tennessee is he's gotten off the field on third downs and he's uh, he's forced some turnovers through the years with some very talented defensive players. And uh, we'll see again how Tennessee can handle South Carolina's pass rush with with uh, Wanham being back and, and what they're getting out of, uh, uh, you know, the Bryson and, you know, Allen and, and, and all that off the edge. So, Tennessee's got to find a way to protect, and that's been a big issue. They're giving up. Uh, it's kind of feast or famine for Tennessee. They give up a big play, and then they'll turn around and give up a negative play. Uh, they're on track right now to give up right at 100 tackles for loss this season. They've got to play much better in the offensive line because one would expect Will Muschamp's defense going to rev it up and come after Tennessee pretty hard. With the injuries and the uncertainty on the Tennessee offensive line, Brent, what will the Vols do to try to keep Garantano upright? Is there additional concern about pass protection this weekend? Well, I don't know if it's additional. I think it's been a concern all year long. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, obviously with Garantano banged up, they certainly would like to keep him in the game. Now, there's, they've got some confidence in Keller Chris, who led Tennessee on two scoring drives uh, against Alabama and, and looked good. I think the biggest thing is, Garantano has to help himself. He's got to get the ball out of his hand quicker. Uh, I think Tennessee would like to do some stuff in the quick game with their passing game off a three-step drop. Um, they've tried to max protect. They've struggled in max protection. When they bring seven into the box, defenses are bringing bodies with them, and Tennessee's had a hard time picking up some things that way. When they've gone empty, uh, which evens out the numbers and makes it a little bit more one-on-one, get it out of your hands faster, uh, Tennessee hasn't always won at the line of scrimmage with the receiver position, or they haven't always blocked it well enough up front. So uh, th- there's room for improvement. And, and, you know, Tennessee played well against Auburn. They made some key plays against Auburn. Uh, they still were, I mean, they lived in third long all day long. They completed 70%, converted 70% of their third and eight, eight yards or more, which is an unheard of number. And it's a number that's very difficult to duplicate. So Tennessee's got to win on first down to try to keep some of the pressure coming because I would imagine if it's third and eight, third and nine, Will Muschamp's coming with pressure. Yeah, Gamecocks have been outstanding getting off the field on third down this year, the fourth best third down defense in the country this season for South Carolina. So, Brent, talk about strength and weaknesses for the Tennessee defense so far this year. Well, I think the biggest thing they've done is they've gotten better. Um, You know, they've gotten better in learning Jeremy Pruitt's system, a, a system that's proven to work. Um, it's, it's worked everywhere he's been, you know, Alabama, Florida State, Georgia. Um, and, and he does a good job breaking it down and trying to keep it simple to get some guys on the field early. Uh, the biggest difference for them in the, the Georgia and the, and the Auburn games where they played better and, and made the Georgia, you know, Georgia game was a little bit interesting to start the fourth quarter. And obviously they won against, against Auburn. They got pressure on the quarterback and, and they were able to get to the quarterback. They sacked from three times. They sacked Jared Stenham three times. They forced Stenham into some bad throws. 
um, a fumble, you know, a couple of interceptions. And uh, as a result of that, Tennessee was able to capitalize and, and score points. So they've been at their best when they've been able to get to the quarterback. Um, they could not get to, to Alabama a week ago as Tua gets the ball out of his hands really fast. And they, they couldn't get him on the ground when they got near him. But when Tennessee's gotten pressure, that's a defense that's gotten better and has been much more productive. Six straight in the series, decided by six points or less, so a special teams play could decide this one tonight. Brent, talk about volunteer special teams. They've kicked it well. Brent Samaglio's missed one field goal this year. Uh, he's been really good. Um, they've punted it pretty well with uh, Paxton Brooks, uh, who's uh, uh, and, and Joe Doyle, Doyle being a, a young guy who's done most of the punting for Tennessee. Brooks has handled the kickoffs, but Doyle has – has punted it well uh, and has done a good job flipping the field. Uh, they've done a good job in, in, in their coverage units defensively. They've done a very poor job in return. Tennessee's got nothing out of the punt return game this year. They've got nothing out of the kickoff return game this year. I would expect Tennessee's going to fair catch uh, every kickoff that they can and, and get the ball to 25-yard line. And uh, they've really fair, ca- fair caught most of the punts this year and just kind of started the possession there. They're not a – not effective in, in the return game. Now, they've gone after some punts. Um, you know, they've had a blocked punt for a touchdown, and they've been aggressive in that way. Uh, they've been aggressive in trying onside kicks. A couple of them they should have recovered that they didn't recover, but Jeremy Pruitt's been aggressive in that regard, taking chances there. So uh, Tennessee's kicked it well and actually kicking the ball. They've covered kicks well. Um, they just have not been very effective in the return game. Both the Gamecocks and the Vols sitting on three wins right now. And we've talked about, you know, bowl eligibility concerns for both teams. How important is this game for Tennessee tonight, Brent? I think it's big. I mean, you look at the rest of the schedule. you got Charlotte next week, and then you've got Missouri, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. So there's still opportunities to get the six wins. And you think the Charlotte game should be a win. That should be number four. And so where are you going to find the last two? Uh, Vanderbilt's struggling a little bit. So you think you might have a favorable matchup there. But then where's the other one going to come from? Um, you know, who's the best matchup for, for Tennessee. Um, you know, so this is an opportunity game for Tennessee. I think there's more pressure on South Carolina to win this game because they're not going to reschedule um, the rainout game. Uh, it doesn't look like, and if they don't, then where their six going to come from? This is a home game at night uh, against an opponent that you're favored to win by. So I, I think the pressure is on South Carolina to win more than it is on Tennessee. But from a Tennessee perspective, I think this is an opportunity to get a win. And Tennessee's been a better road team than they have been a home team this year. So uh, this is certainly an opportunity game for Tennessee. And as I think most of you guys over here believe, it's a must-win game for South Carolina. Good insight today, Brent. Thank you very much. All right, thanks. Appreciate it. That's Brent Hobbs with VolQuest.com, our Rivals Network partner. Good conversation there with him, Wes. And he does a great job covering Tennessee and you know, we're excited about the matchup tonight. You know, we haven't really talked about both teams kind of struggling to get bowl eligible, West, Both teams sitting on three wins. And the winner tonight obviously, uh, you know, takes a big step toward getting bowl eligible. We know Tennessee needs it badly because it's Pruitt's first year. They would like a couple extra weeks of practice and, you know, a month of preparation time for the bowl game, even if it's not going to be a big bowl, a, a high-profile bowl. And obviously that'll be – Pivotal for South Carolina as well, Wes. Uh, the Gamecocks have gained momentum under Will Muschamp since he took over, and they need to keep it going this year. Yeah, and I think, um, dude, Emerson, we, we've probably talked about, like, swing games all year long, I feel like. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, every game is a swing game for South Carolina. But, 
you know, you start looking ahead at this, uh, this schedule and, uh, you know, you start trying to pick out wins for South Carolina and saying, how, how does the schedule sort of play out? And I think, uh, you know, with a win for South Carolina today, you know, today against Tennessee, then that gives you four. And I think, uh, we can probably count two more with Chattanooga and with the makeup game. I, I think we're not getting too far ahead of ourselves to do that. So then you're talking about there's your six wins, there's your bowl eligibility. I personally, and some, some of our members on the site, I think disagree with me. I still think the trip to Ole Miss is very, very winnable. Ole Miss, awful, awful team on defense. They can't stop the run to save their life. I think that's a great matchup for South Carolina. Um, particularly if they win this week and have momentum as opposed to being in a bad place. So to me, winning against Tennessee is your difference. And I think, I think that gives you six, probably seven wins. And then who knows what could happen in Gainesville if South Carolina goes down there, a confident football team. Now, a loss to Tennessee this week, then all of a sudden you're talking about scratching and clawing to get to bowl eligibility. You're talking about going to Knoxville, possibly not in a great headspace uh, mentally as an overall football team. And um, you're talking about the very real possibility, I think, of, of being a five and seven football team. So uh, to me, the, and the rest of the season and being able to, like you said, use the word momentum, continue the program's momentum. If, if they, after starting three and three, can finish the regular season with seven wins with a shot at eight, you know, or just seven regular season wins and a shot at eight in the bowl, then you at least still have something that I think you can build off of. Um, missing a bowl or just winning six games um, really sort of sets you back, I think. All right. It's time now for keys to victory and for Gamecock keys. We'll send it to Colin Taylor, staff writer with Gamecock Central. Tennessee has a little bit of an inconsistency on the offensive line, so um, I think for South Carolina, they're really going to want to dial up the pressure, um, get to Garantano if he's in there. Um, I don't think he's going to be 100% after taking that injury. So you're going to want to get after the quarterback. You're wanna, going to want to get to play in the, in the backfield, um, which that's I think is a big key. If you know that defensive line's on with Kinlaw and, and Sterling and, and especially Wanham, um, that's going to be big because uh, it has it because Tennessee is really good at their downfield passing. So. Um, getting to the quarterback and disrupting that timing is going to be big. And offensively, I think we say it every week, but, you know, you, you have to run the ball. Um, a lot of what South Carolina does is predicated on, you know, running the ball and then that opening up a lot of things for guys like Debo Samuel and Brian Edwards um, to make plays down the field. So I think if they can do those things, then South Carolina should come out with a win. And I think um, it's going to be close. This game always is, but I think South Carolina ends up pulling out a victory. Thank you very much, Colin Taylor, staff writer from Gamecock Central. Let's now get Tennessee's keys to victory, and we'll go back to Brent Hubbs with VolQuest.com. For Tennessee, I think offensively they've got to protect Jerry Garantano on the quarterback position. Tennessee's got to find a way to run the football a little bit to keep South Carolina honest. So that would be uh, the, the big key for, for me to see offensively is what do they do up front with the offensive line? They're going to shuffle again this week. Can they find enough push? Can they find enough protection? to let Tennessee's playmakers, Ty Chandler and Jawan Jennings, go make some plays. On the flip side, defensively, I think they've got to force Jake Bentley into some mistakes. They've got to get him to throw the ball up, and when the opportunity presents itself, 
Tennessee must capitalize on those those turnover opportunities. I think the other big down for Tennessee uh, is can they get South Carolina in third long situations? So Tennessee's got to win first down. Finally, I think the red zone's important. South Carolina's been very good defensively in the red zone, forcing teams to kick field goals. Tennessee's got to, if they get in those red zone opportunities, they've got to find a way to muster up a touchdown, not settle for field goals. And conversely, Tennessee has struggled to stop anybody in the red zone. They've got to try to keep South Carolina out of the end zone, force them into kicking field goals if South Carolina gets into the red zone. So those are some keys on both sides of the ball for me. Thank you, Brent. That's Brent Hobbs with VolQuest.com, our Rivals Network partner. Wes, what about the makeup game December 1st? We talked with Chris Clark earlier this week here on GCR, and he said that if Marshall is not in the Conference USA Championship game, which they're in the running for right now, it will likely be Marshall coming to Williams-Brice on December 1st. So is that what you're hearing? And if it's not Marshall, who might it be? Yeah, if it's not Marshall, I'm not sure who it would be. Um, you know, I like you said, the big holdup on that is just that uh, they have to we have to make sure they're not going to be in a in a conference championship game. And right now, how how long can you wait to see if they are or aren't? You know, because if it goes down to the final couple of weeks of their conference schedule and they're still in the running, then that's going to be sort of past the point where South Carolina needed to make a decision because you can't you can't just plan a football game in, in one week. So I think that'll be the hang-up or the hold-up there. We'll be seeing how well Marshall does. Um, I think there's a handful of other teams that I'm not privy to the names of right now but that are out there. But South Carolina plans fully to, to find a way to, to have that 12th game and, and uh, obviously – you know, get the fans back out for a game and, and try to try to add another. Let's be honest, add another W to the uh, to the win column. Damn right, yeah. The Gamecocks might need that game. You know, might need a win on December the first to become bowl eligible. So we'll keep you posted on all this and a lot more here on Gamecock Central Radio. Wes, good stuff today. We're excited to be playing at night at home. Gamecocks involves always a lot of fun. Halloween week. Let's get it on tonight. Hey, let's do it, man. We'll talk to everybody again next week. All right, that's Wes Mitchell, and I'm Emerson Phillips. Thanks for joining us for the Gamecock Central Game Day Podcast. Enjoy the ball game, friends. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.